It's a mean age. But it is going to be a beautiful future as long as we don't f*** it up. I'm Brian McWilliams, and this is Mean Age Daydream, where I bring you unfiltered comedy, criticism, philosophy, and politics with a Mean Age Daydream. What is happening, everybody? Welcome to Mean Age Daydream with your beautiful bald-ing. No, no, I'm quite bald. Your beautiful bald host, Brian McWilliams. Welcome back to the show. If it's your first time coming to the show, welcome. I know a lot of people have been joining us that uh, previously were probably unfamiliar with us. So thanks for coming in here. You will not be disappointed with your choice. The only choices you might be disappointed with when it comes to uh, certain things is probably typically like me when you try the new Carl's Jr. or Hardy's Burger, and it's just always, always a letdown. And now at a $20 inflationary rate. Anyway, welcome to the show, guys. I want to tell you before we get into it proper, if you enjoy the show today, please subscribe. Please tell a friend. Please share it on social media. If you're watching on YouTube, very important, please do hit that notify me little bell. We have been throttled by YouTube. As you might have heard in an earlier episode this week, John talking about it, we are now so close so very, very close to actually being able to monetize our channel, which has almost 7,000 subscribers. We're adding, adding subscribers at a weekly rate, you know, higher than what we've ever had before. And yet we are demonetized. We always have a strike against us and uh, we finally think we might get cleared of it. Now, typically what they do is every time we lose a strike, because of the content of our show, because obviously we don't jive with the narrative, they go and find something from multiple years ago to then slap us with another strike. But hope remains eternal. You can also follow us on Odyssey and Rumble. We are on those platforms as well. So please do and uh, and share the show, subscribe, etc. You can also... Join us on Patreon or Locals. We've got bonus content, according to my good morning F-head rants. I did one this morning about Harry Styles and the Grammys, which I'll be referencing as we get into this week's uh, show. And, of course, we've got Degenerate Gamblers. We're going to be wrapping that up with our Super Bowl edition this week. We've got Secrets, Lies, and Cover-Ups. We just did our live stream of that. and going to be publishing that today and much more. So join us, won't you? Patreon.com forward slash Lions of Liberty or lionsofliberty.locals. And, of course, we also get discounts on our merchandise, etc. Now then, getting on into it. Let me move my mic a little closer here. So... I did not watch the entire Grammys. I can't watch these award shows. The only one I ever watch in its entirety, and I I say watch in in giant air quotes because typically I'm on the verge of blackout, drunk for it, is the Oscars. And that's because my friends have a big party for it. So, of course, I go over, everybody's watching it, and I kind of watch, kind of browse around. And because I do, you know, have a, a penchant for screenwriting, uh, because I work in the entertainment industry in, in part as a publicist, I do like to see what's going on. I like to track the wokeness. Of course, you'll remember I talked a couple episodes ago about the nominations for the Oscars and who I was surprised by not getting nominated, who I was shocked was nominated, etc. Now with the Grammys, I don't know. I don't really have a dog in that fight. I like music like everybody likes music, but the current genre 
I might catch a song here or there, but my kids aren't old enough to listen to pop music uh, as on the radio. I typically listen to my 80s, my 90s, maybe even into the 2000s. But for the most part, I ignore most popular music. I end up hearing about it when it gets into a, an M&M's commercial. But I do take note of what's going on in the uh, industry as far as some of the performances, some of the uh, styles that are going on, some of the trends. And I have to say, the Grammys let me down once again because everybody's talking about one thing coming out of the show. Actually, two things. The first is the Harry Styles thing, which I'll get around to. Because it ties into this next thing, which is that a performing artist named Sam Smith, who is, I don't know, a frumpy, unattractive Brit, I believe. I'm 90% sure he's British. Um, He's known for, I guess trying to push these boundaries lately of uh, the trans world. You know, he's his latest music video. He's kind of dressed up, showing off his disgusting, pasty, you know, schlub body in a, you know, in makeup with uh, a push-up teddy on, I guess you'd call it. it bejeweled. It's not shocking. I mean, we live in a world now wherein the trans movement, especially when it comes to, Actors, but more predominantly musicians, going back to Bowie, going back to Jagger, going to Aerosmith, the you know the entire hair band era, you know with Twisted Sister and others. This was basically just as gender bending as what they're doing now. It's nothing new. It's nothing original. It's not. It shouldn't be shocking anybody. Of course, in the initial time period when they were doing it. Even that, you could say, wasn't that original or shocking because people have been performing, men have been performing as women for millennia. You know, kabuki theater is still performed where men perform as women. And now you could say, oh, that's very sexist because they don't allow them to do it. Well, it's tradition there. It's part of the art form, (laughs) as goofy as it might be. You know, when it comes to... um, to some of these performances in the past, you had, you know, again, I'll reference David Bowie going out there and, you know, pretty much pushing the boundary with the Ziggy Stardust characters of what is and is not a male or female. One thing you also did have, and the latest Sam Smith performance of the Grammys really is being keyed on because it was this Satanist style performance. It was called Unholy. It's a song that he wrote with another woman. And they're, you know, I guess in the lead in or some of these people on, on Twitter were saying, well, let us worship, you know, a.k.a. worship Satan. What new is is there about this? I mean, artists and, and I'll say, yeah, predominantly on the left because musicians are typically on the left have been going down this road for hundreds of years as well. It was the cool, rebellious thing to do when everybody was more or less Catholic in America, when we were a Catholic or Christian nation, then the best way you could piss off the conservatives, piss off the GOP, the Catholic conservatives, was to say, hail Satan. You remember this from the heavy metal movement. You remember it in the punk movement. You remember all these different people that adopted this to try to piss off people on the right spectrum of things. Okay? You talk about uh, Satanism. You talk about the uh, gender bending, well, these are both things that are sure to get a rise out of people on the right, and that is the pure intent. So this is why I called this episode the lazy Satanism of the left, because this tired, worn-out trope seems to be fresh in the minds of everybody, and guess what? It got the exact reaction they were looking for, which is 
all the publicity, which is all the people with flags in their names or uh, little Jesus Christ symbols, you know, little purple crosses next to their names on Twitter, getting up in arms about how we're pushing Satanism in front of the kids on this mainstream show and how, you know, it's sexualized and yada, yada. And I agree, it is without a doubt sexualized. And I doubt in the past, maybe 15 years ago, if they would have allowed a distinctly uh, Satanistic performance on mainstream TV. And that indicates how our cultures changed. And I'll talk about that because I, I do think that that is an issue. But there's also, you know, you look to like this guy, Lil Nas, he's a rapper, gay rapper, who did this entire, again, erotic Satanist performance. He had blood in sneakers that Nike uh, had pulled from the market because he didn't have permission to put blood in their sneakers and then sell them on his own. A smart move by Nike, by the way. I'm sure they got some flack from the lefty crowd because, you know, how dare you? You're infringing on people's artistic freedom and a black gay man. And I was saying, whatever. Okay. You can't put blood in shoes and sell them as Nikes and make a lot of money off of it. Uh, <laughs> Nike, Nike decided that wasn't okay. Point being, this lazy Satan worship is nothing of the fashion to get upset about. And I said this by the, by the way, with, you know, for example, people that are on the progressive spectrum, their responses to a Trump or a DeSantis and the things that they do, you know, DeSantis put out this whole top gun ripoff commercial and the left lost their ever loving minds over it. And I said, like, if you guys, you're getting upset about this stuff that just doesn't matter at all. And you're giving him all the publicity in the world. You're literally giving him the troll responses that he craves. The GOP and the conservatives are doing the same thing. The Bible thumpers are doing the same thing when some jag off pasty flump guy goes out there with his half beard and decides that he wants to parade around on stage and say, hail Satan. It's a predictable response. It's predictable, like putting out dog food and seeing your dog drool. It's Pavlovian and it shouldn't work anymore, yet it does. So stop buying into it. And guess what? They'll stop doing it. Now, I'm regarding specifically talking about the Satan worship crap, right? Because these people aren't Satan worshipers. Not that I don't believe that some people may have tried to make a deal with the devil at some point. Look, I've joked about this, but it is the truth. I started losing my hair at 16. I shit you not. I legit lay in bed at night thinking, wow, this is a really, really crappy thing that happened to a 16-year-old. Hey, Satan, you out there? Now, of course, I tried going to God first. God decided he wasn't going to respond. So I said, well, let's try the other side of the coin here. Let's flip it over. For better or for worse, Satan didn't respond either. Guess I should have gotten, uh, I don't know, gotten in touch with my Shinto, start talking to the trees and the rocks and the mushrooms, you know, maybe gone down uh, Totoro way, got in touch with Studio Ghibli, going deep into the, uh, the movie references here. Point being, there are very few true Satan worshipers out there. And while they do exist, and there's very, very credible reports that uh, that Jimmy Page was a Satan worshiper and that there's a reason there's all this occult stuff in there and that was a real, a real problem within the band at some point because he really went down this whole path of the occult. It's just to get attention and just to piss you off. Now, that being said, Nobody seemed to have a problem on the left with 
this, again, gross, pasty, white, British fuckball going out there and doing his satanic trans performance, that no issues whatsoever, par for the course, right? Nobody in Vanity Fair is writing about it and, and questioning whether or not Sam Smith has the right to go out and do that. What they did question, and this is, again, what I did my good morning rant on this morning, my daily show, join patreon.com forward slash Lions of Liberty or lionsofliberty.locals.com, was talking about who did get pushback, and that's Harry Styles. And he, of course, is one of the most famous people on the planet, just also happens to be a white British man, a cis white Brit. So... When Harry Styles won his award for best album of the year, which clearly he won because the album was so good to so many people, not that I could name a single song off of it, by the way. Well, he went on stage and he said, thank you. You know, it's just so amazing that someone like me can win this award. Now, what does that mean? Did anybody ask him, hey, Harry, what are you talking about? Did you overcome a childhood malady? Did you overcome uh, the death of somebody? Did you have a hard upbringing? Were you in an orphanage? You know, any number of things. Did, were you addicted to heroin on the street and you pulled yourself up by your bootstraps and, uh, and your pantaloons and you made something of your life? No, no, nobody asked that. Instead, all of these lefty woke assholes and journalists write stories about how Harry, Harry Styles should never have said this and how insulting it is that he is a white British man. Remember, British, really, a white British man who dares to say people like him don't get to win that award often. There's no journalistic integrity. There's no effort to put it into context. There's only outrage. That's all. And it's a sad state of affairs. And yet, where is the outrage over Sam Smith? None to be found, my friends. None to... I started doing a British accent there and I stopped. None to be found. There you go. Do it like Steve on Steve and Maggie. A horrible show my child is obsessed with. I can't say horrible show. It's okay until you watch every episode 4,000 times and they're all about Halloween. Every kid's show is about Halloween. These kids are obsessed with Halloween. So, this lazy leftist, this lazy Satanism, right? Where does this leave us? Why is it acceptable in society now to do this on TV, right? That's the question. And I, I personally am not a religious person at all, right? And I don't really empirically have a problem with people doing a Satanistic performance as an art piece. It doesn't really bother me. What does bother me is that as we see our culture develop, we're seeing that America, as well as other nations, but America is a very large example of this because we were a very religious nation, you know, 50 years ago. And now we have the highest rate of people ever identifying as atheist or agnostic. I personally am agnostic. I'll tell you that right now. You know, I don't know. I don't know what I believe. I know I do not believe in a God. I'll tell you that flat out. Maybe that'll, maybe that'll, that'll get me some unfollows on Twitter, but I do not believe that there is a God in the Christian sense. I, I think it's uh, nonsense. It's a ridiculous concept. What I do believe is in energy. I do believe that there is the possibility that a soul can exist. I believe there's a possibility that energy is transferable from one 
uh, container to the next because energy exists. It can't be created nor destroyed. So theoretically, hypothetically, you could say energy could continue. So thus there can be a soul and thus there can be rebirth or uh, or something along those, those aspects. There are different dimensions. We know this. There could be a, a different dimension, a quote unquote heaven. Now, I don't really believe in that heaven specifically, but I could understand the concept of energy transference going somewhere else into a different dimension, et cetera. It's possible. Well, like I said, I don't believe in the, the Christian concept of God. But I do think that there is a huge problem when we have a country that has pivoted so hard, so fast away from religion and religious morals, right? Because essentially, it's not even to me that it's so much the morals concept. Well, I was raised Catholic. I have a very strong moral compass into what I believe is right and or wrong. And obviously, I raise my children that way. I go about living my life that way. I might come across as a very caustic individual. And uh, and I do tend to rub the wrong people the wrong way at certain times, especially when you don't know me well and know my sense of humor. However, I very much lead a life trying to do the best thing, uh, trying to be a nice person, trying to help people, trying to, um, to make fe- people feel good about themselves in the daily interactions they have with me. Is that based in religion? No, I don't think it is. Maybe some things you could say are passed down and, and people will have this argument, right? It's a, always an argument. Uh, you know, Jordan Peterson will make it and, uh, and Sam Harris will argue against it. And, you know, probably people on this podcast or on, on this podcast network would argue that religion has to exist and you would not have moral and you'd have a decay in society eating itself and people uh, throwing their feces at each other on the street if you didn't have religion. I don't agree with that. I believe there's a natural order of things. I believe this is why you do have a natural progression in, in even out in nature between the animals, the systems they develop so that you can have a society, whether that is evolved as humans or uh, devolved as, you know, ants that is designed and figures out a way to exist. Otherwise it will cease to exist. Right. So you have to have this. However, right. Well, I believe that I do think there's an issue when we have this fast pivot away from religion and all the moral value it does brings and all the community value that it brings. Because oftentimes when you think about what creates a morality in you, what dictates your actions, a lot of that comes from your friends, your community. Who are you going to disappoint? Is it your parents? Is it your family? Again, is it your extended family? That I've theorized in the past is one of the big reasons that we have a lot of mass shootings now, one of the reasons we have a lot of suicides among younger people, why we have a lot of divisiveness among people, because when you have isolation, which is what occurs now, especially with the amplification of social media, you are losing that connection to people that would judge you. And yes, being judged is very important. That's another aspect of our society that I think has gotten completely and totally fucked is now we're told we have to live in a judgment-free world. Bullshit we do. The absence of judgment is without a doubt causing a downfall in everyone's very, their livelihoods, their ability to get along with friends and neighbors, their ability to uh, for society to develop, the ability for their children to grow up and be contributing happy people. When you don't have judgment, 
society does begin to break down. And you are seeing that in mostly these blue cities. You are seeing that with homelessness where, oh, we can't judge these people for being homeless and drug addicted and shitting on the streets and being violent and being all these things. You can't judge them for that. You can't judge them for not wanting to work and wanting to live in a tent and live in a, an RV. Not to say everybody is the same. They're not. Some of them are just completely crazy. Some of them are, in fact, very lazy and just like doing drugs. Some of them are in hard times and would do the right thing if given the chance. But when you live in a city like I do, overrun with homeless in Los Angeles, when you see the millions and millions and millions of dollars spent on resources, you know these people can get the help if they need it, and they simply don't want to, or they're unwilling to. So we live in this judgment-free environment. We can't go up to these people and say, hey, you dickhead, get off of my stoop go get a job or get the F out of here. You're not allowed to stay in our society. No, judgment-free. Same thing with this obesity movement. You can't judge people for being massively obese. You can't talk about how Lizzo's disgusting. You can't talk about, remember, we had to say that she looked fantastic on the red carpet at the Grammys dressed in some sort of, I don't know, big bird trash heap costume. We can't judge anybody on their lifestyle, right? You can't say that somebody's not doing the right thing, not conforming to societal norms, and maybe that's not ideal. And I'm somebody who likes to push the boundaries of societal norms. But I don't expect everyone to go along with me pushing the boundaries of that. Sometimes you push the boundaries and everybody goes, you know what, that seems to be a pretty good thing. You know, the acceptance of gay marriage and culture, I think, is a great thing. The acceptance of broader homosexuality is a great thing, in my opinion. Because I believe that that is a sexual attraction. I don't believe that this is some sort of, uh, you know, a mental illness. I don't believe it is a detriment to society. I believe that it is a sexual attraction that a quite a large percentage of the population has. And it is good. It is accepted. That being said, well, you can't go out and decide all of a sudden that you're a fucking dragon. Like I was looking at this article online. A guy gave up his kids. Well, his kids won't talk to him anymore. And he's like, I can't what with me you know this freaking asshole who lives in you know god knows where but now he's a rainbow dragon he cut his nose off he split his tongue in half he's got tattoos now he's a lizard gay a non-binary non-sexual lizard dragon you know what guy we're allowed to judge you for that when you go so outside of societal norms yes you deserve to be judged on the merits of what your lifestyle is, what it brings to the table, and whether or not we as a society think this is going to be a contributing good thing. If your ideas are good enough, if what you're bringing is solid enough, then yes, it will be accepted. It may not take, it might not be immediate. It's going to take some time. You got to win some people over, but it'll get there. That is unless the government gets in the way. And we have this judgment-free society that people are trying to push on us, right? This anti-religious society. And again, I think these go hand in hand because you have a breakdown of community standards. You have isolation. You have the government trying to push forward this narrative that it is the only one in good truth. And this is where it really comes into play, right? Where I'm, while I'm not religious, I'm defending the religion as a foundational point of culture, because once it starts to break down, people are going to turn elsewhere. I'm not the first person who's going to say this, that people are religious by nature. If you're not specifically going to be subscribed to Catholicism or Judaism or Satanism, and that's the thing, really, if Satanism was a true practicing religion, I wouldn't have a problem with it. It's just, it's being used as a stunt, 
There is a real Satanist church and they don't go out of their way to sacrifice babies. Number one, that's illegal. You'll go to jail. I don't care if it's religion or not. You will be found. You will be, there will be retribution for your actions. But it's it's a real church. If people want to seriously practice Satanism, well, then let's see it happen. Let's see how many people are going to join it. But it's not. It's a stunt. But still, that being said, when people don't have a religion, they turn and find something to fill the gap. We are seeing it in real time. You see it with the climate cult. You see it with these people that no matter what facts and figures are thrown at them, they have a belief that there is a doomsday coming and they must repent. And that is literally playing out all the time in themselves, flagellating themselves in their wildly that, that, that uh, have never touched a carbon molecule. Oh, I drive my Tesla. Look at me sacrificing and spending all this money when I could have bought in a cheaper gas guzzler. No, I'm sacrificing and, uh, and laying myself on the altar of the climate cult. This doomsday is upon us, but we as sinners must repent and we can then live in a happy utopia here, even though the people in the third world will be denied all the benefits of fossil fuel, etc. right? Same thing with government, right? And this is this is my real fear. This is why I believe that libertarianism slash anarchism has to be buttress against this moral decay of people turning to alternative religions, aka climate, aka even worse, government, because they will seek to find it. And so many people now are seeking religion in government. They're seeing government as, and this is intentional, by the way, from the government's perspective, due to censorship, due to manipulation of the media and working hand in hand with mainstream media, due to handouts, aka giving you your daily bread. The government is positioning itself as your religion. This is a very intentional thing. It's trying to make you dependent on it. Just like churches would have their food lines, their, you know, their services where they'd collect money for the poor. They'd have their food kitchens. They'd have their soup kitchens. Religions did this. Now the government's doing them. Not only is the government doing them, but the government will come after you if you try to take their place. There have been stories published talking about how governments went after uh, religious groups, private institutions that were trying to feed the homeless. Now, of course, as I said, here in L.A., I, I would oppose it because, frankly, it pisses me off that we have so many here. But point being, the government saw somebody trying to give out that daily bread, right? And they decided you got to be shut down. This is our business now. We are the religion. We give out the goods. We give you your, your holy communion every day. We're the ones that are going to give you now, you know, your meth, your weed, your food, your shelter. Here, we're going to give you money to survive. These, This, again, to emphasize this, was the domain of religion until the government took it over, until the pivot away from this, pushed by the government, pushed by the leftists, to try to eliminate religion from our lives. Libertarianism and anarchism has to exist here because we full full bore say the government should not have any role in our lives right fight against it tooth and nail that includes when religion gets involved by the way we would be against a you know, theocratic religion that is authoritarian in nature that's overseeing everyone's lives it's still a government it still doesn't have that power nor should it unless it's on a voluntary basis we have to stand up against the government more so now than ever because this is the new religion. And when you have people not only looking to government as a protector for the basic necessities that might help a society to operate, whether you think those are necessary or not, we have to stand up against it becoming something that is looked at as this religious leader, as this all-knowing, all-seeing provider of everything valuable in life. And, you know, the other thing, too, is 
well, you could say, well, Brian, you're, you're saying that we need to embrace more religion, that people should be, you know, should not, not look to government as a religion, not look to climate as a religion. Well, what should they do then? If they have to have religion in their lives, isn't religion equally as evil as government? Hasn't it done horrible things? Yeah, you're goddamn right it does. I'll even use the goddamn in there, a little, little, little spice. Yeah, yes, religion has done heinous things. But when you compare the number of people murdered in the name of religion, and yes, we had a large scale, you know, of course, we all remember the Holy Crusades. The number of people killed in those crusades pales in comparison to the number of people killed by government, especially government masquerading masquerading as religion, a.k.a. Mao's China, where you had religious fervor in children that were, you know, turning in their parents that were forcing people to walk through the streets in, you know, with signs on and and prostrate themselves and large crowds, basically the exact same thing as the Inquisition is what happened in Mao's China. Well, you have got evil on a scale that is unprecedented. And as the world becomes more global, as you've got organizations like NATO, when you've got organizations you know, like China and Russia, we're basically going to be forced into a uh, into an alliance very soon, militaristically and economically. You have got the greatest evil possible just bubbling below the surface. And we have to stand up and say, enough is enough in this. And there's also the benefit too, when you look at religion, you know, let's use the Catholic church, for example, which again, we just did our secrets, lies and cover-ups on it. You know, the Catholic church has got its issues. You know, the priest, uh, Benedict, he just had a book published talking about how the Catholic church has all these gay orgies now in there. And, you know, (laughs) probably not ideal if you're a Catholic church to have all these gay orgies, but, the Catholic Church has changed its ideas over time. Every religion does change to tend to change some because you have ideas that are being tested over millennia. They're forced to adapt. They're forced to change. They're forced to uh, to make do and adapt to the realities of the day. Now, there's not going to be it's not going to be pleasant all the time. You know, obviously, Galileo and Copernicus found out the hard way, but at least there is change and at least it has been tested over the millennia to, to kind of solidify the points it's going to be based on. Whereas governments, you know, we've got different iterations of governments, but they tend to all be authoritarian, totalitarian and crushing to the civil liberties. And not only that, but they don't seem to learn shit. You know, the, the democratic Republic seems to be, or the constitutional Republic seems to be the greatest form of government that we've found yet to date, you know, that at least that's been put into practice functionally, but you still have people out there looking to socialism as their religion. And the socialists and communists out there that post on Twitter, they're talking about Cuba today and still believe that Cuba is somehow better than the United States, despite the fact that people are fleeing from it. These imbeciles talking about how they have Cuba's got the greatest medical institutions the world has ever seen. These people are religious fervor, you know, they, they're fanatics, but they believe it because government will lie. Governments, they can always say, oh, there's always a different way to try it. The fact that we still have socialism being talked about today, being put into practice today, being voted in today, and then the heinous results on full display, like Venezuela, like Argentina, like Cuba, I mean, you name it, like China, you've got these things on clear display, and yet people still aren't waking up. Because these government systems don't truly evolve. All they do is come to fruition and badly get forgotten in the annals of time because it's painted over by rose-colored glasses by activists, and then they're resuscitated again and again and again. 
So again, guys, this is why I think that it's vital that libertarian mindset, libertarian culture of a huge skepticism towards government, towards anything that can be considered a government style religion, which is what's uptaking now has to be brought down. Ah, let me take a little sip of water here. I'll talk about a couple different things. One thing tying in actually that I want to touch on here is everybody's talking about chat GPT. Now chat GPT is a AI chatbot, but it's also, I guess, a, a dictionary of sorts. It's a research tool. It is a creative tool because the people that have created chat GPT, I mean, basically have put, you know, all the, the resources of the internet at disposal with an AI that's pretty clever. Now there's been examples and I don't know. I'm not sure if these have been verified examples and, uh, and tested multiple times of chat GPT already being heavily biased. Of course, it is drawn from the tech centers of the, uh, the left mindset, which is you know, basically all big tech is ultra leftist and they did a little exercise where they asked it to write a uh, an article about the benefits of Donald Trump. And ChatGPT said that it was a service designed not to be political. So it could not do that. Then they asked it to talk about Joe Biden, and it gave them 15 pages of why Joe Biden was the best guy in the world. So some heavy bias there. Should it be accurate? But I talked about how community is breaking down and how church is, is so vital in a lot of what's going on in community. Um, you know, a very many communities are built around churches, marriages, children, you know, your weekend hangouts are built around your church groups. For me, that's based on Eagles fans. Go Eagles, baby. Going to win the Super Bowl. But I also talked about the isolation that occurs when these break down, when government seeks to through divisive means, destroy the family, which they are targeting, right? There's incentives to not maintain a family unit anymore. They, you know, there's incentives for welfare to having kids out of wedlock. There's incentives for, um, for children to fight with their parents. You know, again, you look at the climate change movement. You look at what happened with Donald Trump. You look at all these different initiatives, the trans movement and, you know, government back in that. These are issues that are so dividing that they can literally split up families. They can split up boyfriend-girlfriend relationships. They can split up marriages. They can separate children from parents. Now, and yeah, the trans movement, especially, by the way, because they're what they're pushing now in California is a sanctuary state for trans, uh, which what we going on the educational system, the CRT. And again, these trans issues where students aren't students are basically identifying as something else in school and the schools aren't telling the parents. Right. You talk about a way to split up a child and a parent. Oh, guess what? Your kid's trans. They didn't they didn't tell you and we didn't tell you. And now uh, they're going to go get puberty blockers. And if you say that they can't at age 12, well, now we're going to take your kid away from you. What a great outcome for government, right? Put them in the horrible foster care system so they can turn into a into a, a homeless criminal, which is what happens, sadly. I'm not saying it's the fault of these kids. Sadly, happens to a huge amount, like a 50%. But I digress. The government wants to break up these families. It wants to break up your community groups. It wants to break up your friendships because then all that's left is government as your supplier, as your truth teller, as your beacon of... Um, of protection as your financial aid, as your housing aid, etc. Right? It becomes all encompassing, all being. It is your God. But it's also very isolating 
because as you have all these issues and the more issues they throw out there that you're supposed to feel passionate about, that they feed with social media and they amplify on social media, that they censor alternative viewpoints on. So now you have people that are conspiracy theorists if they dare go against the government narrative. Well, if you have enough topics out there that are divisive, eventually you're going to find enough to split everybody off from everybody. This is the goal. In comes ChatGPT. ChatGPT is a program which you can converse with. It is your little friend. It's kind of like that Joaquin Phoenix movie, Her, right? You know, the personal assistant. Yeah, there's been other ripoff movies of it. But it's a personal assistant that now replaces real human contact. ChatGPT is going to do that for some people. And as I mentioned earlier, I think the outcomes are going to be pretty bad. Maybe they can program it to try to be happy and try to talk people out of going on mass suicide runs. But still, you're talking about something that's going to make it much easier to isolate yourself because no longer do you have to seek human companionship, especially, you know, hey, you put chat, chat PPT in a, uh, in a sex bot, which I'm sure shouldn't be that difficult to do, right? Put a little motor in its mouth, uh, put chat GPT, upload it into a, into a thumb drive there. And then you sync up the mouth movements with the words. And now you've got yourself a girlfriend, got yourself a nice little fucked doll girlfriend, but now you're fully isolated. You don't need to go out for female companionship. You don't need to go out with friend companionship. You don't need a gaming buddy. You don't need a conversational buddy. You've got it right there with this program, which again, can be manipulated to alter your mindset, to lead you down paths, good or bad, to lead you to political conclusions, to look you uh, to societal conclusions, whatever it might be. It's an unbelievably dangerous and it will lead to mass depression, mass isolation. Not only that, but it's also going to lead to a absolute reduction in creativity and critical thinking. I mean, even social media and the internet, which is a boon in many ways, has degraded critical thinking. This is another intentional thing within schooling, an intentional thing from government perspective. You know, they have classes on on what you should and should do. What is what is disinformation? All these classes are is to teach you to stop critical thinking and stop thinking for yourself and to trust the you know, government. You know, it's like how I learned to stop worrying and love the bomb, right? Dr. Zhivago, uh, not Dr. Zhivago. Yeah, Dr. Zhivago. So, no, Dr. Strangelove. Dr. Javago is a Russian love movie. <laughs> Dr. Dr. Strangelove. How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love Chat GPT. So, they want you to do is stop critical thinking. And when you've got something that you can just converse with that can write your papers for you, right? And that's what's going to happen too. You're going to see people just writing papers through ChatGPT. Hey, ChatGPT, can you tell me uh, how the dinosaurs evolved through the Jurassic period and write it in uh, the style of whatever, right? That's another thing with these AIs. You can have them write in the style of something else. So you can kind of make your paper unique enough that it's not going to be cookie cutter enough for people to tell. Now, hopefully they'll come up with, with a counter to this, but Point being, you're now reducing creativity and critical thinking. You don't have to come up with the concept on your own. You don't have to write it. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to turn it in. You don't have to fine tune it. You don't have to worry about competition among other people because you're all going to turn in the same finely written shit. But now, because you don't have any creative instincts, well, we've already got lowering IQs across humanity, by the way, which is true. You've already got People dumber and dumber making more children, and you've got uh, lowered creativity, you've got lowered ingenuity. Well, you're going to see a steep decline in our society. And sadly, I hate to say it, as people get dumber, they get more easily manipulated. They get far more uh, entranced with free things and shiny objects that, of course, can be provided by Big Papa government. 
it becomes that much easier to lure them in with the bells and the whistles, the free food, the free housing, the promises of a, of a utopian future, which will never arrive. Meanwhile, if you want to keep your identity, if you want to keep your uh, sanity, if you want to keep your freedom, and if you want to keep basically society going for the sake of your children, uh, if you don't have children for the sake of your dog, I don't know, whatever it might be, well, libertarianism and anarchism is the only answer to that. Because as we've seen from the left and the right, these people both are concentrated on power. They can they can argue about tiddlywinks here and there, but at the end of the day, they both are concentrated on power and they want to get as much power, maintain as much power as humanly possible. Neither of them has really any interest in shrinking the size of government. We've seen that under Trump. Government still grew in size. He was supposed to drain the swamp. None of that happened. None of it will ever happen under a Republican president uh, or leadership. Same thing, The government, the, obviously the Democrats just continuously want to grow the size and scope of government, but the end result for both is still to have government be your God. Okay, let's move on to one more thing. This has nothing to do with uh, the previous two topics, but I figured it was fun to talk about. Well, one quick thing about the balloon. Oh, the stupid China balloon. I am sick of hearing about it. As I tweeted out a couple of jokes, you know, one joke that got a lot of traction was that uh, China didn't ma- didn't bother sending a balloon over Canada because they knew they'd already won there. Ha! But I'm bump because obviously Trudeau is a fucking communist. And of course, the alleged son of Castro, which by the way, I am 100% sure is accurate. I am 100% sure he is the son of Castro. I also heard it on good authority from a political insider that this is kind of a, a well-known thing. Anywho, that's alleged. But that was one joke. Of course, another joke that I had uh, had made was that Madonna's disgusting swollen head was mistaken for the third Chinese balloon over our airspace. But regardless, the entire hoopla over this was idiotically ridiculous. The fact that it took them so long to shoot down, I thought was astounding. I, I don't know why they didn't shoot it down right away. What They thought it was full of uh, a super ninja flu or whatever. I don't know. Just shoot the fucking thing down. China's response was absurd. Don't shoot our balloon down. It's a silly civilian thing. Okay, sorry. Oh, is that what it is? We can't shoot that down? Is it a civilian thing? Oh, okay. <laughs> and then the most ridiculous take, though, is from the asinine dipshit crew at the White House under Joe Biden, which they put out this whole statement saying, well, you know, there were many balloons because people were saying, how did this stupid balloon get so far in our country with nobody noticing it? Right. And so the Biden's team's got to go on defense because uh, Trump's obviously saying, shoot, shoot down the balloon. And they put out this statement. They go, well, you know, there were a lot of times that these balloons came in under Trump. And I could, of course, try to tweet it out. We shoot down balloon. Trump, no shoot balloon. Yeah. Joe Biden, press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre. Talk about uh, uh, what a, a stupid, stupid point to make. And it all comes down to with, you know, and, and you got your goobers on the left retweeting this. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, what Trump did it, these balloons are Trump. Okay, number one, prove it. Okay, prove it. Show me, show me all these balloons that came in during Trump that he didn't know about. And how would you have proof that these balloons came in if he didn't know about them? Isn't that a little bit of a catch-22? Hey, Trump didn't know about these balloons, but they existed. Okay. Hey, look at these balloons. We see here are the balloons. Okay. Well, then somebody knew about them, didn't they? And if they knew about them while he was in office, well, then then that's under him. 
Joe Biden didn't know about there's a fucking balloon floating through the atmosphere. What is he, a balloon radar? He's got his balloon radar as good as his, uh, his young children hair-smelling radar. He can smell balloons and he can smell young kids from four miles away, thousand feet up. Idiotic. Idiotic. And even if it was true, why didn't Trump know about it then? That's not, it's not his fault. The president comes into office and the first thing he says, hey, make sure no balloons float over here. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. So stupid. I hate it. drives me nuts that I have to defend Trump so often on this show, but the, the left is so fucking stupid with this shit that I have to do it. It's just, it drives me nuts. All right. Wrapping it up, guys. Something else that I thought was pretty funny. And again, this, this is a tweet that, again, is blowing up. You can follow me at Brian McWilliams on Twitter and, of course, at Lions of Liberty. Please do. Um, but I tweeted out that, you know, everybody's mad and mostly on the left because Leonardo DiCaprio is a, a playboy, even though he has, again, prostrated himself at the altar of the climate religion and obviously believes all the stupidest things that people in Hollywood can believe. Well, he's still a white man a.k.a. a member of the patriarchy. And of course, the left is very hung up on power dynamics. So when he was photographed with a 19-year-old model, and yes, Leo has a predilection for young women. His last girlfriends were 25 and 23. One of the Hadids was 23. They are hot. You know, he just says that he just likes hot chicks. And let's be honest, chicks get less hot as they get older. Sorry, ladies, that's the truth. Leah doesn't have to put up with you and you get old. He, he trades you in. It's like trading in a, you know, he, he leases women. He doesn't buy. So he's photographed with a 19 year old girl. And this 19 year old, uh, oh, where was it? Okay, hold on. Let me, let me open up so I'll give her exact name. This 19 year old gal caused a, a whole storm of responses from the left. Of course, people saying, oh my God, he's so evil. Can you believe this, this, this male taking advantage of his power, taking advantage of this girl. Never mind, by the way, if they were together, this girl's getting so much exposure, so much name recognition, so many opportunities from being with him. People don't want to talk about this, but I'm sorry, that is part of it. And if this is a voluntary interaction, if he's not forcing her into doing anything and not buying her from a slave trader, this is totally okay. But, of course, they have to lose their fucking minds over it and talk about how this is unacceptable it is. So, let's see. The model is named Eden Polani, and she is quite good-looking. A little too skinny, but quite good-looking. They would said they were dating, right? Now, my joke was that these people that are losing their minds over Leonardo DiCaprio dating a 19-year-old would be going over, bending over backwards to celebrate them if she was trans. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. Nobody can because I'm right. If this was a boy, a 19-year-old boy who had recently transitioned to become a chickie-poo or was just pretending to be a chick, well, guess what? They would go, how stunning and brave. My God, Leonardo DiCaprio, just when you think he can't get any better, he has one-upped himself. He has proven that he is beyond their, our old cultural norms of sexuality. My God, what a brave man. What a brave trans kid to come out and, and face the world, right? the Bruce Jenner thing all over again, to be in the public eye with such a superstar, this trans boy, amazing. 
they would have kissed his ass up and down. And the right, by the way, would have said that it was grooming. That's what the right would have said about it. Very true. But instead, he said, ah, we're not actually dating. So, moot story. And I hear my gardener outside. I recorded this episode early. I beat him. I beat you, you bastard. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it. So, remember, Patreon, join us there. Lions of Liberty, patreon.com forward slash Lions of Liberty. Please subscribe. Hit the notifications button on YouTube so that we don't get our content throttled. We're growing. We want to get to monetize. We want to do super chats and all that stuff. Please follow us. Help share the show, subscribe, and if it wouldn't be too much, subscribe to Mean Age Daydream solo feed. I'm going to be doing another one of those shows later this week. And give us a five-star review. Thank you. Hugs and kisses. From me, Brian McWilliams, from the Lions of Liberty Network, from Mean Age Daydream, keep those electric eyes on me, babe, and keep that ray gun to my head.